What's the man the show at COSQC 225 West Coast Time Day 37 Young Thug Trial Site and then went into an apartment. That's testimonial if you used Young Thug. Okay, I understand. I understand. So thank um, and down. Well, we didn't even get to the other part. You want me to do that now too? Sure. What's that? What's that? Well, you know, I've been focused on the constitutional right, and then of course there's the present sense impression slash excited utterance. Um, I, I well, you can finish that, but I have to because if I decide that it is that some part of it is non-testimonial and some part is testimonial then i will excise that particular that sentence or that name i should say i don't see anything else in the in the in the um I, I think transcript would be that would be that would be testimonial I, I, I can see that if you make those findings, yes, that would be the one redaction. Yes. Okay, I'll, I, I'll see whether or not that, based upon the state's argument, I, if, if I need to hear more argument, I'll, I'll let you do that. Okay. Then I'll okay. reserve the, if, I, if needed, I'll reserve the statutory ground. Okay. All right. All right. Thank, thank you, Your Honor. Okay. All right, Ms. Love. by being clear it wouldn't it is not error there is no error in admitting the entirety of the call the first words out of mr Steele's mouth this morning were in relation to the frantic 911 call that's what he said the frantic 911 caller but i'll get to his last argument regarding testimonial and not testimonial because the confrontation clause is the first assessment that the court has to make mr Steele's argument is that had the caller said young thug is known for committing crimes all of this that that would be closer to pits in fact that is the type of information that would be testimonial. The fact that this caller is giving to the 911 operator all of the details that she has gotten from this panicked neighbor who came to her in an effort to get the police out there. The fact that she says young thug or whoever is in her house just shot somebody. That is information that is a part of the ongoing, the ongoing danger that she perceives the nature the neighbor is let's say i do that let's say i agree with that but wouldn't pitts tell me that i've now shifted from or potentially that particular portion would shift from being non-testimonial to testimonial because remember we have no way to uh, because it is a specific like hey this, this dude, Young Thug, is in, the, is in the apartment. We don't even know the context. We really even don't. We don't. Um, but why wouldn't that be testimonial, that particular piece? Because that's what, that's what Pitts tells me I need to do is that uh, the courts have to be careful of primary purposes shifted in such a manner as to render portions of the call testimonial in nature and should selectively redact portions of the recording when that's the case. Because the entirety of the call remains the caller's effort to get the police. I, I disagree because that's not what Pitts tells me I need to do. Your Honor, what I'm saying is that in Pitts, the person who called in Pitts, when she began to give, and just to say that when Pitts, in Pitts, they began to, to speak information about the background. Plus you, had a, plus, you didn't have a, like a, like a third party eminent, Emissary, you had the actual person or the person who was being perpetrated against actually calling. So as we're focused on the confrontation clause, it either is testimonial or it's not. And whether it is I would agree. I would agree. And whether it is testimonial or not, 
depends solely on the purpose for the information that is being given. However, we do caution in certain circumstances that a caller may shift from non-testimonial statement into a testimonial one. And then they talk about what Ms. Ms. Pitts have explained to have explained to the 911 operator that um, her husband violated his parole and he was wanted. So how do you distinguish that? Uh, because the information about her husband being wanted and violating his parole, and even that they did not consider to be testimonial. That is closer to testimonial than the person saying, this person is in her house. This person is in her house having just shot someone and she is panicked and is in there. Her mother and her child are in there. The testimonial portion, the parole portion, is, is not at all akin to her saying, my husband did this. The fact that she is saying it is her husband who committed the act, who is committing the act, is the part that is not confrontational. The fact that she names the fact, uh, non-testimonial, my apologies to the court. That's all right, sure. The fact that she names the perpetrator or who she believes to be, the fact that she is giving information to the police to get them there and giving information to help them respond to this ongoing threat that is in her neighbor's home, they have to have this information in order to be able to properly respond. They would not need the information about the husband being on parole or being wanted, but even that the court in Pitts decided was not testimonial. That's how you know that this information that this caller is giving the 911 operator in this case, this information is non-testimonial because it is even it is even more of an effort to get the police to respond to a threat that is in existence at that time, the information as to who it is, is only akin to the caller in Pitts talking to the police about what it is that her husband is doing. Her husband is doing a thing at that moment. Not he is on parole or is wanted. But they make the distinction in Pitts that because the crime was still ongoing right. in her presence, however, her primary purpose remained the prevention of immediate harm to herself, and the statements regarding her husband's parole were made to illustrate the prior difficulties that made the current situation such a dangerous one. So that's how they distinguish, and they say that the entirety of the call is... is, is um, you know, they're, they're, they were authorized. They authorized it, but you know, they they do say that um, that courts now must decide what what the caller's primary purpose has shifted in a manner to render portions of the call testimonial. So that's what I'm kind of resting with at this point in time. So um, I, I think a little different than Pitts. Pitts, you've got like I said, person directly under the unfortunate situation of a of somebody who's committing violence. And your honor and, and clearly committing violence. In this particular circumstance you got intermediary who's relating information that is going on. So I, I have to kind of look at that a little look at that a little more carefully than um, I mean because each individual's situation is different. And to the court's point, um, when the court speaks about the threat, the ongoing threat, for the caller, the ongoing in pits, threat... In pits or in the circumstance at hand? When the court spoke about the ongoing threat that the court... When your honor spoke about the ongoing threat in pits, that the court addressed the caller attempting to have the police respond to. It is akin in this circumstance when the caller is saying, I know she came to my house and told me that the guy that shot somebody, whoever he's supposed to be, is in her house. So I don't know how y'all can do that. I'm trying to get her out the house, but she won't answer the phone now. That is the ongoing emergency. And just to give a little bit of context, I heard, but I don't believe that it is um, anything at all that any evidence has come in to suggest. I heard 
heard the suggestion that there the caller walked past police twice and gave him or didn't give him a phone or something like that. But just to point out where we are, Your Honor, and just to make certain that the facts are crystallized in the record, Officer Black testified. Just one second. I'm, I'm pointing on the screen. There are two separate phases to these apartment complex, to this apartment complex, Somerdale. The phase where the red dot is, Officer Black testified that that is the phase in which the car crashed, in which the shooting first occurred. Then, Officer Black, we've heard testimony that the car went through the yard just across the street diagonally and we have other pictures that I can show to the court that better reflect what took place. The court can see in State's Exhibit 129, Charlie Apple, can you put that up on the screen? And I'll just hold it up for the court. That there is a dearth of shrubbery. We can see that Summerdale Apartments, the one phase is here. You can, yeah, you can go ahead and keep the overview up. One phase of Summerdale is where in 129 Charlie Alpha, I'm holding up to the court. It's, are you going to put, oh, here it is. Okay. It's still 150. Go ahead. I'll use 150 and then I'll go to uh, 129 Charlie Alpha. If you would point on the screen, Mr. Atkins, to the first phase of Somerdale Commons, where the car and the shooting first took place. After the shooting took place, the car went across the road into the laundromat. After that, the occupants of the car, two of them, jumped over a fence. One went left, which is the area where the arrow is, and one went right. And those trees, as Officer Black testified, there wasn't that much greenery. What it looked like is on 129, more like 129 Charlie Alpha. Let me see that one. 129. Can you put that on the screen? If you were in a car accident and it wasn't your fault, stop scrolling. You need to hear this. Your compensation may be much more than insurance companies lead on. Don't get backed into a corner. If you can avoid speaking to them directly, they may record everything you say and use it against you. Insurance companies don't want you to know that compensation can go well beyond fixing your car. It can include lost wages, medical bills, and even the mental toll of an accident. With Compensation Lee, you fill out this form in under a minute. If you qualify, they will connect you to a local attorney immediately. The service is free, and the attorney only gets paid when they win your case. So don't miss out on this, because the longer you wait, the harder it may be to win. It only takes a minute, and you got nothing to lose. Remember, it's free, and nobody gets paid until you win. It intrudes in car accident claims? Discover what insurers don't want you to know. Click. Do you have a 129 Charlie Alpha? Take a little time. It takes your time. Pulling it out, it takes a couple minutes to pull up. And as that is coming up, Your Honor, I will say to the court that the court has heard the testimony that the area of the, the phase of Somerdale Apartments where the shooting first occurred, that phase is identified by numbers. The buildings are identified by numbers. In the second phase that the caller was calling from, the court heard in the 911 caller, we're in the not the old Somerdale, the new ones, and that it is in Building C. Officer Black testified that the second phase of Somerdale Apartments, the ones that... Somerdale Commons? Yes. Okay. 
that second phase, those buildings are identified by letters, and the letter C, the building C, is exactly where the caller identified it as being. We're in the understand. So the idea that the panicked neighbor went past police officers twice is a, a fiction being made up because the police officers are in the first phase. They're in, they're in, I need to take a look at 29C. I mean, one, uh, 150. I'm going to just go ahead. Put 150 back up if you can. I'll take a look at 29C, please. Put 150 up, please, again. All right, so... Starts at Summerdale Apartments, and then it goes to Skyline Laundry Mat, and then two of the alleged suspects end up at Summerdale Commons. So one of them in the, one is, the one that is in Summerdale Commons. That's where the 911 call is coming from. Yes. Yes. So when she's saying police, or she's identifying police, where are those police to be known? The police. The evidence that we have is that the police. They were in the first phase of Summerdale Apartments, and they are also down at the laundromat because remember that's where yes. Adrian Bean gets hit. I don't know that yet, but okay, I don't know that yet. So, but right, the name. Well, we'll say one of the people in the car gets hit. That's okay. what the testimony has been so far. I'm, I haven't heard that. So, but anyways, of note to me. Um, court is your caller, the 911 caller is calling from Somerdale Commons. Yes. Okay. All right. And then stage 129, Charlie. Tell me about Charlie Alpha, uh, 129 Charlie Alpha. Right. So 129 Charlie Alpha shows the entrance to the apartments where the shooting occurred. The, fir the first the first phase. Correct. Okay. All right. And the testimony came in that In 129 Charlie, I'll refer to the one on the screen since we don't have 129 Charlie Alpha up. I have it from me though. Okay, Alpha is the one she drew on. So if the court comes out of the phase one and turns to the left, the court will be going towards the laundromat. The testimony came in. On the left or the right? And the, in, in state, and the one you have up, Charlie. On where the arrow where is. Where the red car is? Yes. That's where the laundromat is? Yes. I understand. Okay. That's not that far down the road. Correct. And then if you turn to the right, or the, the other way, if you go up the other direction, is where the second phase of Somerdale. So the Somerdale Commons is. Yes. Okay. All right. Yes. And in in telling the, the 911 operator, I'm trying to get her out the house. She won't answer her phone. We don't know where she went, what has happened to her. The information that they're given is to inform the police. This is about someone who is alleged to have shot someone. And what the court has heard is that two people were <laughs> shot. Two people were bleeding. We have blood. We have that a shooting has occurred, and all that this person, this caller is doing is trying to relay the information that will get the police to respond immediately. Come now, this person here, the information, the excited utterance that my neighbor gave me is that somebody named Young Thug or whoever that's supposed to be shot somebody and he is in her house. That is the excited utterance that I perceived. My present sense impression was her giving me this excited utterance. Now 
I am trying to get her out of the house and she will not answer her phone. That is non-testimonial. It will not be error for the court to admit this. Well, I say that Mr. Steele indicated that the problematic issue is the is the naming of the particular individual. And that would be akin to a 911 caller saying my husband did this or the gunman did that. They have to give some information to help the police address what she perceives that would be if she was actually making the call you don't have her making the call you have a her communicating that through a third party correct but again we are in the testimonial versus non-testimonial portion correct and her purpose for giving the call and all that this paragraph where it says unknown female all that paragraph is trying to get she even ends that portion of her commentary i am trying to get her out the house that is the ongoing emergency the circumstances surrounding she doesn't know about all she knows is that this person allegedly shot somebody and is now in her house. In other words, he's dangerous. He has, perhaps he has a gun. The circumstances the court is aware of that she didn't have is all the testimony that the court has heard. And from understanding the court's instruction and directive the last time when I stated to the court, I came and I said the court will hear the circumstances surrounding that call. I, I, and, 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 and that's been presented and I understand that. I'm just, I just have to kind of, in order to make the best decision, I have to follow what Pitts tells me and that, uh, that would be I've got to be able to parse out these particular statements. Do you have any other case law which would indicate or this parsing that, um, that Mr. Steele mentioned? Yes, Your Honor. So in Carter versus the state, 315, Georgia, 214, where the Georgia Supreme Court addresses the confrontation clause specifically at 221, page 221, the court says... Can you give me a second? I got to get to Westlaw, so... Yes. May I tell counsel for the defense what it is? Well, yes, I think it's... Um, I just lost it here. <laughs> Carter versus the state. It's Carter in its three fifteen Georgia two fourteen at two twenty one.
Okay, I'm looking at Carter. All right, I, 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 I read the portion of the opinion uh, in, under B, Confrontation Clause. So. Yes, Your Honor. And I understand. So, okay. So that is what we are saying here. The non-testimonial statements, as the court said in Carter, non-testimonial statements include statements made to law enforcement that are intended to describe current circumstances that require the immediate police action. And that is exactly what she's doing. She's I, would, I would agree with that. I have no, dis I have no disagreement. But, and the state, but the statement itself would be so the statement itself, the court in, in this particular case, the court said it, if its primary purpose, it is only testimonial if its primary purpose is to establish evidence that could be used in a future prosecution. And in Carter, just at above page 223, so at 222, here the trial court did not commit error, much less plain error, by admitting man's statements into evidence, as her statements are non-testimonial and therefore do not trigger the protections of the confrontation clause. Rather, the record shows that man specifically requested that Carter not contact law enforcement because she did not want to incriminate appellant. Our 911 caller wanted to remain anonymous. She said, I don't want to get anybody in trouble. I don't want to get myself in trouble. In Carter, the court said, man's statement to Fox, indicating that if anything ever happened to you, appellant did it. And here she is naming the person, just like that panicked neighbor did. She named the person. If anything ever happens to me, That's Carter did it. I still think you got to look at this from the standpoint of you got a third party that is that is communicating this particular statement. And in this case, Fox is the one communicating man's statement. Fox is the one that said, man told me if anything ever happens to me, Carter did it. And in our case, we have a 911 caller saying my panicked neighbor told me I just, it, it's just fundamentally a little different from Carter versus what we have here. Your Honor, the, the analysis, I understand that the, Mr., uh, the defendant would rather not have his name mentioned, but the fact that he that, feels... That's not the point, Ms. Love. The point is... Pitts tells me that I have to, I mean, Justice, then Chief Justice Sears makes it very clear. Courts are determined and take a look at 911 calls in particular about some things that may be non-testimonial and testimonial. So that's kind of what we have to kind of do in this particular circumstance. And that's why I'm kind of concerned that, and especially since you're, it's being communicated through a third party, but... It's, it specifically names Mr. Williams in that, in that particular regard. Um, and if I may, Your Honor, when the courts, every case that we look at, there is never a word-by-word -word analysis. The court looks at the entirety of the statement to determine if at some point it turns testimonial. I, well, you're right, and that's what and that's what Pitts tells me to do. And the, so I have to kind of look at it from that from that standpoint. And the intent of the caller is what makes the statement testimonial or not. If the caller intends... But some portions of the statement, remember, that's what Pitts tells me to do. I have to look at whether or not some parts of that statement are testimonial. Right. So and, that, and, and that's kind of what I, that's what Pitts directs me to do. And it's only testimonial, Your Honor, if its primary purpose is to establish evidence that could be used at a future trial, in a future prosecution. Well, I, I would think that naming, naming a potential suspect would be evidence useful in a prior trial. If, I know you're shaking your head over there, Ms. Hilton, but that's... No. <laughs> I'm sorry, okay? That's just the facts. Your Honor, what I was saying was that's that... That's just the facts, ever, okay? Just like I told Mr. Steele, it may not... Evidence may not cut... It, it, it is what it is. It cuts both ways. So it's kind of like 
This is what our highest court tells me I have to do. Now, you all may disagree or not like it, but that's what I got to do. I agree with your honor. Absolutely. And all that I'm saying, your honor, is that every single case that we have regarding the confrontation clause in every one of them, a person is named. The person is, is named that is alleged to have done the thing that is causing them to make the statement. It depends. Like I said, it depends on you have to look at, you know, Crawford tells us in his progeny and even in our in our in our jurisdiction in Georgia, you have to look at the primary purpose of the call. Was it testimonial nature? Was it made for the purpose of gathering criminal or fostering for use for trial or for potential criminal prosecution? There are certain exceptions to it. And the emergency situation is is one. But even with the emergency situation, Pitts tells me, got to look at whether or not some of those particular statements are, in fact, not a testimonial, a testimonial. So even if I even if I believe first, I got to decide whether or not it's, it's testimonial or not. And even if I decide that, if I decide it is non-testimonial, it's an emergency, then some of that's then I have to look at, and Pitts directs me, I got to look at very carefully whether or not some of those statements are, in fact, maybe non-testimonial, maybe testimonial in nature. So that's what I'm required to do. And, Your Honor, we are looking at a caller who's describing and trying to get the police to respond, even when the 911 operator is asking her, who was shot in other words telling trying to get she's telling i need you to come i i just i'm not sure what the apartment is she's in building c when you're coming around through the gates the 911 operator is trying to get information about the shooting because she said that shot somebody like has already shot somebody 911 operator tries to get information about the shooting, she said, uh, I promise you, I can't tell you all that. I ain't trying to talk to you about that. I ain't trying to give you anything for your evidence, for your prosecution about no shooting. I'm telling you that the guy that shot somebody, young thug, is in my neighbor's house. And I'm trying to get her out the house and she won't answer her phone. So it's not about who got shot or who he is alleged to have shot. It's about he's in her house now. This man, potentially armed, is now in her house. The reason that it is important that she names him and that she says who he is and what he does is twofold. So just with the information that the court has already heard, the court already knows background. But just for future purposes, we will there is an a, accomplice statement that we intend to have presented as evidence that I will state in my place that that one accomplice ran one way and thug ran in the opposite direction. And that opposite direction is exactly where this caller is calling from. I should have followed thug. I should have went left. I went right or I went to the left and he went to the right. I should have followed thug. And then here we have this caller saying, I ain't trying to talk about this shooting over here. I'm trying to tell you that this man that just shot somebody, thug, is in her house. And I need you to get her, I need you to come and get her out because her mom and her baby are in that house. Okay. And, and Your Honor, that's the reason those, those circumstances, um, that information, the caller's words, her purpose that she reveals, she's, when she tells the 911 operator, I can't tell you all that. I don't know. I don't know who got shot. I don't want to talk to you about that. The only thing I want to talk to you about is the reason I'm calling because Thug's in my neighbor's house and she's panicked. Just as if, if if the court is going to go, if your honor was going to go and respond to someone, you'd want to know who it is and what it is you're walking into. You'd want to know if, if your neighbor came to you and said that somebody is in our neighbor's house, you'd want to know, is he armed? Who is it? That information is to help you respond to that threat that is happening right then you would not want to walk up to a circumstance you don't even know yeah, you told me that last time i remember so but how is it different if <laughs> if i 
if the person is directly communicating the information to me or am I getting it through somebody else? Your Honor, that part, it is not different for, from, for the confrontation clause analysis. That part remains the same. Its purpose remains the same. When you get into who said what, that's the hearsay within hearsay, and both of those statements fall under 24.8805 to an exception. And the court exact analyzed it exactly correctly when the court said that's for the jury to determine because Mr. Steele argues you don't know that that was actually true. The court analyzed it on point. The court said, well, the jury can, you can argue that and the jury can say, well, she says she don't know. I don't know. Young, but the jury can decide what portions of any of that 911 call. But we don't have a declarant. Our declarants are unknown. Our two declarants are unknown. And that is why, Your Honor, the whole purpose for exceptions for hearsay are to put forth things that are trustworthy. And hearsay within hearsay is not, it is, it is absolutely admissible. And the court, the court knows, I don't even have to say this, it is only for the purposes of the record, that these new evidence rules are rules of inclusion. So much so that the rules don't say it can be admitted if you have an exception. 24.8805 specifically says hearsay included within hearsay shall not be excluded under the hearsay rule. Well, well Ms. Love, I'll tell you. Spratlin, which was decided in 2023, says if I don't make a proper analysis under Crawford, vacate and remand. And so, Honor, so I got to make sure I get it right, okay? And, so. Your Honor, I'm with the court. I'm absolutely with the court, and I have an equal desire, if not greater, to make certain that it is right. And I would not argue fervently for this if it were, if okay. it were wrong. All right, well, let me have five minutes, okay? I gotta, I'm going to take a break. Thank you. Thank you. Because your 30 seconds is never 30 seconds. 30 seconds, I will sit. You can stand there, that's fine. Go ahead. Georgia 214 to Division 3. A doesn't apply. That's the 807 residual hearsay. B is what the state was talking about. And, Your Honor, there was no objection in this case either. So in the Carter case, no objection. But look what happened. And they had to review it under plain error too. Yes. Fox was told by Ms. Mann, God forbid, Valerie Mann was killed. Fox testified. Valerie Mann, God forbid, is dead. And she told Carter. Carter testified. That is not even close. So I don't have anybody close to that. And that's my 30 seconds. And I'll give the court, if the court already has page 3 of 4 of Pitts, where the court said the caller in this instance, okay, was not, they were not concerned with establishing evidentiary facts or bearing testimony. That's the part against the defendant. And the court found that the same analysis was applicable in Pitts. That the 911, that portion of the 911 caller, they were not concerned with establishing evidentiary facts. They were concerned with getting Young Thug out of their neighbor's home. Okay. All right. Give me five minutes. Did you know that for over 40 years, Curacao has been helping people get what they need while building their credit? Just fill out our quick and easy application. And if approved, we'll give you a credit line for up to $4,000 that you can use to shop online at iCurasao.com or at any one of our 12 stores. Join the millions who have been approved and are building their credit daily. Tap apply now to get started today.
out like a billionaire. by the admission uh, by probably 911 emergency telephone call when the caller does not testify at trial. This is similarly the issue that was decided in Pitts. So um, there are Supreme Court uh, in uh, Pitts, which is 280 Georgia, two, um, 288 um, holds that the Confrontation Clause is not violated where a caller's primary purpose is not to provide evidence against the accused, but to rather thwart an ongoing crime or seek rescue from uh, from immediate peril. Uh, that that decision in that court cites Crawford versus Washington, which holds which the United States Supreme Court held that the admission of out-of-court statements that are testimonial in nature violates the confrontation clause unless the declarant is the unavailable and. The defendant had a problem.
and the defendant had a prior opportunity for cross-examination. When a statement at issue is non-testimonial, however, the state's normal rules regarding the admission of hearsay apply. And so, um, some courts, there was a discussion of the of the court in Pitts, that some courts delineate that 911 calls are totally for the purposes uh, or testimonial because it involves a statement to a government officer. But some courts um, understand and hold that a 911 call is initiated by a citizen rather than an instrument of the state and is not knowingly given in response to structured police interrogation and should not be considered testimony. So the rule in Georgia is we now hold, however, consistent with the majority view that the determination of whether a recording of a 911 call is testimonial should be made on a case-by-case basis. So... um, court first has to determine whether or not this particular call, and I'm referring to Williams A for the purposes of this particular motion, which is a three-page uh, transcript of this particular 911 call um, on made on September the 11th of 20, uh, 2013. So, uh, I have to decide first whether or not the telephone call is made to avert a crime in progress or seek immediate um, or seeking assistance in a situation involving immediate danger, uh, or whether or not the primary purpose is testimonial for the purposes of prosecution or to gather potential information later for prosecution. Um, that's the first step. The also in Pitts, the court uh, or the Supreme Court is also um, cautionary in terms of trial courts. However, we do caution that in certain circumstances, a caller may shift from a non-testimonial statement into a testimonial one. So it cautions us, or the decision cautions trial courts. In future cases, trial courts must decide whether a caller's primary purpose has shifted from such a manner to render portions of the call testimonial in nature and should selectively redact portions of that recording when that is the case. In this particular circumstance, the court is of the opinion, based upon the testimony that the court has heard, to include the arguments of counsel, to include uh, the admission of the 911 hearing of the 911 call, as well as the um, defendant Williams number four, and testimony in regards to the instances of the purported shooting at um, Summerdale Apartments, the car. Uh, crashing into the laundromat some small short distance away and the purported call phone call from the from Summerdale Commons Summerdale Commons the court is of the opinion that the primary purpose of the call was um, not for the purposes of, of prosecution, but more so for the purposes of relating an emergency um, situation. So the call itself, I'm going to admit, or is uh, admit for those purposes um, and for the jury's consideration. However, uh, going further, as Pitts directs me to do so, um, I will order that the, that the portion of the call and or transcript that starts at unknown female. I have no idea, baby. I promise you, I can't tell you all that I don't know. Only thing I I know is that she came running. She came to my house. It'll stop there. It will pick up. The guy is in her house. So I don't know how you all can do that. I'm going to try and get her out of the house, but she won't answer the phone right now. The particular point uh, part that I will excise will be um, starting at Ann t- told me that the guy that shot, that shot someone named Young Thug or whoever that's supposed to be shot someone, I will excise those out as those are testimonial in nature. And the court will, um, will so, the, so the entire paragraph will read, I have no idea, baby, I promise you, I can't tell you 
all that I don't know. Only thing I know is she came running. She came to my house. The guy is in her house. So I don't know how you all can do that. I'm trying to get her out of the house, but she won't answer her phone now. Everything else in the in the transcript of that call is admissible as it would as it would relate to an emergency situation. So for those reasons, that's the court's ruling. So, State, if you'll prepare um, the uh, exhibits um, in accordingly. Um, Whatever you decide to play needs to needs to be redacted. Yes, Your Honor. Okay. Um, so if you're going to play the 911 call, you need to redact it um, consistent with my with my order. Okay. Yes, Your Honor. And or the transcript. Well, we would introduce a transcript as evidence. We would be. But if you decide that you want to play, use the transcript as a memory, as a facilitation device, and later, then you would need to, you, the, that would need to match, because remember, I'd give a tape and transcript admonition at that point in time, only if it's necessary. I, think, I don't think it would be necessary in this case, because the 911 call case is, is, is pretty, pretty clear. So, but, but, if, but I'm just telling you, if that's the case, it needs to be redacted. That would need to be redacted. So at a minimum, if you're going to play the call, um, redact that sentence out. Yes, Your Honor. Okay. Um, Your Honor, with respect to the court um, referencing uh, Williams' motion in the number four.